Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the Destroy the Stumps podcast. Well, today, ladies and gents, it's the day. The big day has arrived. The World Cup final the, for 2023, uh, the, for the 2023 ICC ODI World Cup. It's between Australia and India, the two rivals. Uh, I've had a good rivalry re- recently. Um, so it is a repeat of the 2003 ICC ODI World Cup final. Australia won that quite convincingly, and they remained undefeated in that tournament. India lost two games in that tournament and only lost them to Australia. They didn't lose any other games in the tournament. They were on an eight-match winning streak in the tournament as well. So they were going very well um, as well. That was a record at the time, which has now just been recently broken by the current Indian team. They broke that record and have a 10-match unbeaten run in the tournament. And looking to equal Australia's unbeaten run in the tournament, Australia have uh, won two back-to-back World Cups. They won two back-to-back World Cups, that 2003 ICC ODI World Cup and the 2007 ICC ODI World Cup. And they won 11 games in a row in both tournaments. So, yeah, they were on a record streak at the time. And I think um, overall they've got the record as well. They're not going to lose, really. Uh, they're not, that record, I don't think, will be broken for a while. Um, but, yeah, so India, Australia, that rivalry just reignites again. These two teams met early in the tournament. Their first games of the tournament were against each other. Uh, the match was played at the M um, sorry, at the M H Adambram Stadium in Chennai, uh, also known as the Chepok. It was a hot, humid day there. Australia uh, bowled out for 199, chasing 200. India did get off to a shaky start. They were three down for not much on the board, three for two, and then um, yeah, Virat Kohli was dropped by Mitchell Marsh, and then from there, Kail Rahul and Virat Kohli steadied the ship. Uh, Virat Kohli did get dismissed later on, but um, in the end, Hardik Pandya and Kal Rahul really just um, guided the team home, and that was that. Uh, they won that game easily. Um, in the end, India, by the way, speaking of easily as well, India have hardly been tested in the tournament. They've hardly been uh, challenged by anyone. Uh, maybe New Zealand have challenged them at times. Uh, yeah, they did have a challenging situation against England, but they managed to beat them by a comprehensive margin, and that's what they've been doing. The odd time where they have been challenged in this tournament, India... They've managed to pressure well and in the end won convincingly. That's what they've been doing the whole tournament. So, um, yeah, that's what they've been doing. But other than that, they've been a, um, those odd few moments. They've been really dominant. Uh, you just got to commend the performance of their batting lineup and also their bowling lineup. Both probably the best bowling lineup in the tournament overall. Uh, performance wise, they've been absolutely superb. You just can't. Uh, you just can't praise them enough, more than enough, really. They, that, you just can't praise them enough. They've been absolutely outstanding and deserve to be in the final. Uh, yeah, the pitch, uh, the venue for this World Cup final will be the Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad in Gujarat. And uh, that crowd is a vocal crowd. When India are playing, especially if they're playing opposition teams like Pakistan or anyone, they are very vocal. And uh, it will be a jam-packed uh, stadium uh, as well for the uh, for that game at Narendra Modi Stadium in Gujarat. It will be huge, jam-packed stadium. Um, the biggest uh, biggest uh, biggest cricket ground in the world in terms of uh, terms of capacity. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. The last time uh, India played at uh, Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad in Gujarat, they were playing Pakistan early in the tournament. And, oh, my God, the crowd. You couldn't even hear the commentary at times. It was that loud. They were absolutely vocal. It was insane. Uh, yeah, so Australia played Australia played England last time at the Narendra Modi Stadium in Gujarat. That was a pretty, pretty good game in the end. But Australia just um, really just handled the odd pressure, the odd moment where they had a bit of pressure on them really well and just did not allow England to get back in the game. Uh, well, they England were back in the game for some parts of the game, but yeah, Australia just winning in the end uh, by a good margin in the end. Uh, it was a bit of a challenging game. Um, so two opposite uh, contrasting campaigns for both teams. Australia had a really tough um, start, losing two games, lost to India, of course, like I mentioned in their first game. Got hammered by South Africa in their next game. Since then, they've had some uh, interesting games. They've won some games very convincingly, and then they've had some really challenging games. Uh, they've had a game. Uh, they had a game against uh, New Zealand. They won by six runs. They put on three hundred and eighty odd and nearly lost that game. But uh, thanks to some excellent fielding in the outfield by Manus Labuschagne, uh, re- got that run out of Jimmy Neesham, and uh, they won the game. 
that time. And uh, also there was a game against Afghanistan. Uh, Glenn Maxwell pulling off one of the greatest innings of all time. Uh, that was a superb performance from him. Also, before that, they played England uh, in a win. Not an easy win, but uh, they won by a good margin. But uh, wasn't an easy victory at all. Challenge, um, they had their moment. Um, they had some challenging moments in that game. And also the semi-final just recently against South Africa. Uh, Low-scoring encounter. Won by just three wickets with a couple of balls to spare. Um, held their, They deserved to win that final semi-final. Not going to say they didn't, but they had their moments where they were in a bit of trouble. But uh, like they look like they've done, uh, they've handled the pressure moments well when they've been under pressure. Since those first two games, when they've been um, after that, they've been really good. They've been uh, they've been working really well together, the Australian unit and the cricket team. And it looks like they're united and they're looking like the Australian team. You know what what they normally look like in a World Cup, just threatening and peaking at the right time, I reckon. But it is going to be a very difficult task to beat India uh, up against that crowd. Pat Cummins, Australian captain, says, yes, we um, did make a statement, uh, which is attracting a lot of attention online. Nothing offensive at all. Just saying we'd love to keep the uh, the crowd quiet. Fair enough. Um, he said, like, yeah, it's a good atmosphere and the, loud, the crowd is loud, but we'd love to silence the crowd. Something along those lines, he said. I'll try and get the statement up if I can. Yeah, but that was a really interesting statement. Indian cricket fans have noticed it. They're like, okay, all right. They haven't, like, abused him or anything, but not that I'm seeing. There's not really much abuse going on, but definitely keen to win this. Uh, India definitely keep a note of what he said. And uh, they will... Yeah, um, we'll see what happens afterwards. Can he silence the crowd? Can Australia silence that crowd? Or will India win the game? Sorry, just a second. Just gotta check something, I'm very sure. So yeah, uh, Pat Cummins said there's nothing more satisfying than hearing a big crowd go silent. So yeah, Pat Cummins is pretty good with words. I've got to say, he did that really well in the Ashes as well. Um, he's got a bit of a, about him, Pat Cummins, uh, when it comes to press conferences and saying some interesting things. He really knows how to irk people. But uh, yeah, they they really got. Um, they really. So he really knows how to say a few things to just um, stir things up. But he didn't really stir it up here. But he just knows how to um, get some attention and uh, really um, play in the minds of the opposition. Like with his words. He knows how to get under the opposition's skin in a way, Pat Cummins. Very good with words, I've got to say. Uh, especially in recent months, he's been very good. Um, also, the World Test Championship final, he said a few things after the game, which were really strong and um, just... I didn't even disagree with a lot of what he said after the World Test Championship Finals. Some fair points, but yeah, it's a, he knows how to say things, doesn't he, Pat Cummins? And I think he said something about England uh, as well during the World Cup or something like He said something during the World Cup as well. Um, Maybe not, but yeah, he knows how to say things. Um, he knows how to get a reaction, for sure. Um... Uh, definitely, definitely a lot of uh, confidence down there. Pat Cummins, that looks like a dangerous sign if you Australian teams were confident of winning. That is a very big, very big worst. That's a very big uh, indicator. It's going to be a good match, and they're going to come all out. Um, they'll definitely be better for the experience they've had in India. They did win the ODI series earlier in the year against India, and um, in India two one, but then they lost ODI series just recently to India two one. 
before the World Cup in India, and then they played India in the first in their first game of the tournament. In both sides' first games of the tournament, they played each other in Chennai, like I mentioned, and India won that game by six wickets. So yeah, they do have a, a good understanding of each other. They know each other very well. Also, they played each other in the World Test Championship final for 2023 in uh, for 2021 to 2023, and. Um, that final was played at the Oval in London. India, unfortunately, lost by 200-odd runs. Uh, Australia were very were very convincing winners in that game. India just really fell apart, unfortunately, on the day. And uh, they started off badly and hardly had any moments, you know, just uh, hardly had any moments where they, were, they looked like they were going to really come back. Yeah, they lost by 209 runs. Travis Head was man of the match in that game, so... Yeah, and speaking of Travis Head, he had a good performance in the semi-final against South Africa, uh, picking up two wickets and scoring a quick five-half century in a man-of-the-match display. He's having a super time in cricket. He's been very good um, this year and last year, so he's really changed his game. And the aggressive approach is paying off. In test matches, ODIs, T20s, it's paying off, and he's scoring runs and bulks. And also a very useful part-time off-spinner as well. A uh, good fielder as well. Travis said, but a very useful part-time off-spinner. Does have a golden arm. They call it a golden arm, though, where he just picks up a wicket when the team needs it. So they'll be looking to go to him, I reckon, in this uh, World Cup final if they are struggling to get a wicket. Got two vital wickets against South Africa of Heinrich Klaassen and Marco Janssen, who can be very dangerous hitters. In that two in consecutive balls, did get hit for two fours of the first two balls he bowled. In that semi-final against South Africa, but then he um, then he bowled a dot ball, and then he um, picked up two wickets and two consecutive balls, which was outstanding. It was on a hat-trick that stage. So yeah, the squads for both games, uh, for the uh, for both teams, India's squad will be Rohit Sharma captain. Um, then you'll have um, Shubman Gill opening with him, Virat Kohli at number three, uh, Shreya Sire at number four, then you have Cal Rahul, wicketkeeper batsman at number five, and also I think he's vice captain as well. Cal Rahul. Um, then you have um, number six, Hardik Pandya. Number six, not Hardik Pandya's not playing, sorry, he's out. Number six, you have Surya Kumar Yadav. Then you have number five, Ravinder Jadeja. Number eight, you've got Kuldeep Yadav, and then number nine, Muhammad Shami. Uh, and then you've got number nine, uh, number ten, uh, Muhammad Siraj, and number eleven, Jasprit Bumrah. And then also. For Australia, got uh, the openers, Travis Head and David Warner. David Warner, most likely, this will be his last ODI World Cup. So, yeah, um, I think he'll retire from ODIs after this World Cup or maybe next year or the year after from ODIs. Don't see him playing for too long uh, for ODIs. Um, he might play T20s around the world and just play T20s for Australia, but that's it, really. Um, test matches, he's retiring at the end of the Australian summer against Pakistan. And that, I think it's the second test against Pakistan and Sydney. That'll be his last test match for Australia. Mm-hmm. If things go well for him. But yeah, um, also, um, yeah, so he's, he's coming to an, his career's definitely coming to an end. Might not play IPL, who knows? But, um, yeah, who, who else is there? Um, We've got um, number three, you've got Mitchell Marsh. Number four, Steve Smith. Number five, Manus Labashain. Number six, you'd say you'd have Glenn Maxwell at number six. Then number seven, Josh Inglis, wicketkeeper. Then number eight, uh, Pat Cummins or Mitchell Stark at number eight. Then Mitchell Stark's there, of course. Uh, maybe number nine or number eight, depends. They do switch around a bit sometimes, but say Stark's been in better form with the bat recent times where he's a more dangerous hitter. Um, Cummins can definitely hold his own with the bat though and um, then also I'd have um, then also you've got Adam Zampa at number 10 and then number 11 Josh Hazelwood so yeah uh, that's just, that's the two squads you'd have I don't think they'll make changes to their squad from the semi-final unless injury happens or unless they see something with the pitch where they might bring in someone um, uh, yeah something like that um So yeah, just looking at the tournament, the most runs for the tournament for both teams. Virat Kohli, lean run scorer overall in this tournament. 
Probably having his best World Cup ever. Uh, 700 runs, the first batsman to score 700 runs or more in an ODI World Cup. Um, in one edition of the ODI World Cup. And also, he uh, broke the record as well just in that semi-final. He now has the most ODI half se- um, ODI centuries. Uh, but going past the great Sachin Tendulkar, he has 70, uh, so he has 50 ODI, um, well, uh, ODI hundreds. He's got five ODI World Cup hundreds um, in his career. One in 2011 against Bangladesh, one in 2015 against Pakistan, and then three in this World Cup, one against Bangladesh, one against South Africa, and then and the semi-final against New Zealand. That semi-final one against New Zealand will be huge because he has been criticised at times, even by uh, me. I've, had, I've said a few things which I probably shouldn't have said. Um, he said... Uh, so he has struggled in ODI World Cup knockouts, uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, and uh, the final hasn't quite, if he's reached it, hasn't scored a half century. So yeah, um, didn't score a half century prior to that innings or anything more than a half century at all. So he never got a hundred, and he got a hundred in the in the big game uh, for India. So yeah, and that pretty much seals his place as probably the greatest ODI batsman ever. Can't argue with that. It's just um, he's a superb player. And also, um, yeah, then Virat Kohli, um, yeah, he's just had a superb tournament. Really has been excellent. Uh, just scoring runs profusely. He hasn't really had to go all out and with his shots like he does, but he's an excellent runner between the wickets, as you as he normally is. 35 years of age, and he's still running beautifully between the wickets. The intent's always there. The placement of the ball into the gaps to get those Extra runs is superb, and the intent with which he runs is superb. His shot making, his shot decision making has been excellent in this tournament, and also brought up uh, with that half century that it, with that century he scored against New Zealand. That's now his 80th um, international hundred, so he's 20 away from the great man Sachin Tendulkar as well. So what a player he's been for India, and I think he's got a couple more years. He might play the next World Cup. He's that fit of a player. Unless he decides not to, um, I just don't see him being dropped. He's that good a player, too. Um, he's that good a player, and I reckon he'll, he'll play four more years. Um, also for India as well, Rohit Sharma, the captain, been impressive, been very good up the top, giving India really good starts at most games, aggressive, just um, aggressive intent, taking it to the opposition, putting them under pressure, and most teams have not had. Um, most teams have really struggled to contain Rohit Sharma. And if they get him out, uh, by the time they get him out in most matches this tournament, he's already done the damage. And, um, yeah, that, it just becomes harder for the team to, for the opposition team to really put any sort of pressure on India with the bat. And also, um, he releases the, with these aggressive starts, he releases the pressure on the rest of his, uh, on the rest of his teammates and also um, allows them to just build their innings and uh, get in on this on to get in on uh, difficult pitches um, at times or on different pitches so yeah it just allows the team uh, his the rest of his team to bat well and bat around him really leading from the front and also um, got uh, Shreyas Iyer who's had a superb tournament was doubt about him in the before the World Cup. Maybe he could be. Uh, maybe he was going to be dropped. He was suspected a short ball. All this talk about Trasar uh, potentially being dropped, but he's proving why he's one of the um, one of uh, India's most important players. Was out for a bit before the World Cup due to injury. Came back in the Asia Cup and hasn't really looked back since. I, I think he came back in the Asia Cup or some or maybe the ODI series against the West Indies or something like that. Or an ODI series at home. I don't remember where he came back, but he did come back not too far, not not too far away from the World Cup beginning. So yeah, he um, yeah, he really um, has solidified his place in the team, and uh, definitely I think they'll build a team around him in the future. These next four years after this World Cup will be huge for Shreya. So uh, he'll want to cement his place in the Indian team. And play some impactful innings, just like he has in this World Cup. Two back-to-back ODI hundreds for him. One in the World Cup semi-final against New Zealand, he absolutely butchered the New Zealand bowlers. And also prior to that, he butchered the uh, Netherlands bowlers. So yeah, and uh, quite a few half centuries in the tournament for him. 
as well. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's aggressive intent. Um, he just uh, which, with which he bats is just amazing, and he can hit some big sixes. He's a big hitter, strong guy, uh, strong guy, really good clean hitter of the ball. Um, really good stuff from Shreyasaya. He's had a superb tournament. And then uh, another high, high run score for India is yeah. So India's top five all average over fifty for the tournament. Even Shubman Gill, who had a bit of a sluggish start, he did recover after having a bout of dengue. And um, yeah, having dengue, uh, he was sick with the dengue virus. Uh, Tested positive for Dengue, missed uh, I think the first one or two games and then came back. It was uh, okay, a bit scratchy, but he seems like he's finding his touch as the tournament progresses. Um, and then uh, Kal Rahul, who's been a, probably one of the more quieter performers for India, 380 odd runs, got 100 as well, got half a century. He's been really good, finishing off the innings at the end as well. And yeah, Shubman Gill, been pretty good as well. Four half centuries as well for him. Absolutely outstanding stuff from those guys. They've been the top five for India has been absolutely superb. Even the tail haven't had to, uh, the low water hasn't had to do much. That's how good they've been. Also, they have not been bowled out. The only team in the tournament that have not been bowled out in the tournament. So you can understand why they've um, definitely the favourites for the final and why they deserve to win the World Cup. I'd say if they win the World Cup final, they deserve it honestly. Can't you just can't argue with that? That's a superb campaign, and the way their campaign has gone so far till this date, it is resembling to the 2007 ODI World Cup where Australia uh, won all their games, uh, 11 games, but they were so dominant. The margin of victory was massive, and no team really got that close to them. They'll probably tested a few times Australia in that tournament, but they handled it very well and won by convincing margins in the end. Um, also uh, for Austra for India, so for Australia, leading run scorer for Australia in the tournament, well, uh, it's David Warner in his possibly his last World Cup. It's been absolutely outstanding. Um, two half centuries and two centuries, being superb, and um, also I think he went past Ricky Ponty for the most half uh, most centuries for Australia in a World Cup campaign. Uh, really brilliant. Uh, so in. Uh, Cricket World Cup history, so really superb batting from David Warner. Um, and the next highest run scorer for Australia is uh, Mitchell Marsh. He's had a superb tournament. Uh, two massive hundreds, one against Pakistan and Bangladesh, and then a half century as well. He's been outstanding, Mitchell Marsh. And then also Glenn Maxwell, wow, he's had a superb tournament. That 200 that he scored against uh, Afghanistan will always be one of the greatest innings of all time. Also scored the fastest ODI World Cup 100. As well, against uh, the Netherlands. Other than that, he's uh, yeah, he's been superb. Glenn Maxwell, he's been absolutely damaging with the bat. Close to 480, uh, 400 runs for the tournament. He's been absolutely good. And bowls well as well. He does bowl some overs, gets through his overs fairly quickly and keeps it tight. I think he's picked up the odd wicket as well and normal, very solid in the field. Drop one catch, which was a rare one, but other than that, he's been outstanding in the field, like he always is, Glenn Maxwell. Really can rely on him in the field, can't you? You just can You really can rely on him to perform well with, uh, in the field. Those are the top four run scorers for Australia in this tournament. The next highest run scorer for Australia after that uh, is Manus Lavashane, who hasn't had a great tournament. Neither Steve Smith, but two half centuries for him. Um, and Steve Smith, two half centuries for him as well. So, yeah, they have, haven't really um, done that great. But, uh, yeah, uh, they their performances in this World Cup kind of just tell something about Australia, that the middle order does look a bit vulnerable. And they do get themselves in a bit of trouble. It's really the top order that are scoring, the, the top three that are scoring the bulk of, um, top three or four that are scoring the bulk, run, bulk of the runs. Um, Glenn Maxwell bats in the middle, though. He does um, do well at times. Just looking at this tournament, so just a second. So, 
Just want to see Travis said. Travis said's done pretty. He's done all right in this tournament. A century and a half, century and a couple of wickets here and there. I uh, only played a few games in this tournament. Hasn't played the full game, tournament, so yeah, he's been good. Then also you've got uh, for India. India's bowling attack, all of them have been outstanding. Mohammad Shah, except Siraj. Siraj has struggled a bit, but um, that's the funny thing. He was number one bowler in the world heading into this tournament. Mohammad Siraj in ODIs, but uh, hasn't had it. He's had the few shaky moments in this tournament. He struggled a bit. He's leaked a lot of runs, but has picked up a wicket, a few wickets, but probably not as much as he would have liked. Definitely has a better bowl than his stats show for this tournament in ODIs, but hasn't a good, had a great ODI World Cup. Mohamed Siraj, maybe in the final he might click. Um, but another guy who has clicked in the World Cup for this tournament, Mohamed Shami, leading wicket-taker for India in the tournament, leading wicket-taker for India uh, overall in World Cup history. Also has taken the most World Cup, uh, most wickets in a single campaign for India in an ODI World Cup. And also has um, he's the first bowler to take three five-wicket hauls in an ODI World Cup. Addition, uh, and also he's taken four ODI five wicket hauls, uh, ODI World Cup five wicket hauls in ODI World Cup. So yeah, what a performance he's had. He's been outstanding. Mohamed uh, Shami, six matches, 23 wickets, best of seven for 57 in the semi-final against New Zealand. Average is 9.13 and uh, economy rate 5.01, strike rate 10.91. One four-wicket haul, three five-wicket hauls. Boy, oh boy, what a performance he's put in. And then you've got uh, Jasper Bumrah has been outstanding. His, uh, his teammate, 10 matches, 18 wickets. Economy rate of 18.33. Strike rate of 3.9. So economy rate of 3.98, which is really, really good. Probably one of the best economy rates in the tournament for a bowler. And a strike rate of 27.61. Has picked up four wickets. Well, just one four-wicket haul, but he's been outstanding consistently keeping it tight and not allowing batsmen to um, hit freely. Did struggle a little bit against New Zealand, but that was the only uh, game that he didn't do too well in. Then you've got uh, for India, uh, Ravinder Jadeja, the veteran, 10 matches, 16 wickets, average of 22.18, economy rate of 4.25, strike rate 31.31, and a 1-5 wicket haul for Jadeja. And then uh, Kuldeep Yadav, he's been pretty good as well. 10 matches, 15 wickets. Economy rate uh, averages of uh, 24.53. And uh, economy rate 4.32 uh, runs it over. Strike rate of 34.06. He's been outstanding. Uh, I think he has best figures of 2 for 7. And Jadeja has best figures of 5 for 33 in this tournament. So really good stuff from those two. Siraj, yeah, 10 matches for him in this tournament. 13 wickets. Uh, economy average of 32.61, which isn't bad, but not the greatest. Economy rate of 5.61, a little bit higher with the economy. His strike rate of 34.84, so he's been a bit up and down in this tournament. Um, yeah, so that's India's bowling attack. They've been outstanding um, in this tournament. And then uh, for Australia, Adam Zampa had a shaky start against India and South Africa. And didn't do too well in the semi-final, but has been a little bit expensive at times, but he's picked up wickets and clusters in this tournament. 10 matches, 23 wick, uh, 22 wickets. Best of 4 for 8. Uh, that's his best bowling figures in the tournament. Average 21.40. Economy rate of 5.47 runs and over. Strike out of 23, 23.45, and he's picked up three four-wicket hauls. Then uh, for Australia, you've got um, the next best bowler, Josh Hazelwood. He's been pretty good. Ten matches, 14 wickets. Uh, con average of 27.78, a little bit higher. Conning rate's been excellent, 4.67 runs and over. Uh, strike rate, 35.64. Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark haven't been that good, to be honest. Yeah, they've been pretty expensive, leaking runs. Uh, uh, Mitchell Stark, probably his worst World Cup that he's had. He's been really great uh, great in World Cups in the past, but this uh, tournament has really struggled. Nine matches, 13 wickets. Climber, uh, best figures of three for 34 against South Africa in the semifinal. So he got dropped prior to the World Cup semifinal against uh, South Africa, but came back well uh, after being dropped. 
picked up uh, his best figures for the tournament. Three for 34 against them. And then average of 36.38, a uh, quantity rate of 6.14, and a strike rate of 35.53. He's been, he's just had a good uh, game there. And Pat Cummins, 10 matches, uh, 13 wickets, best figure of 3 for 51, average of 37, quantity rate of 6.05, and strike rate of 36.69. And um, just having a look, who else is there for Australia? This is really bold a lot for Australia. Yeah, yeah so Australia, yeah. just mainly really, uh, Zampa and Hazelwood have been pretty good this tournament. Uh, yeah, and Glenn Maxwell's been all right. Uh, uh, he's been economical. But six match, uh, so eight matches for Glenn Maxwell, five wickets, average is 59, which is understandable because he's a part-timer, but his economy rate's been good. Best figures of two for 34. Economy rate 4.72 runs and over, which is excellent, and a strike rate of 75. So he hasn't picked up many wickets, but he's kept it tight. That's the job that he needs to do. looking at the run these two teams have had in the tournament so <coughs> excuse me so yeah the first match the um, India played in the tournament they beat Australia um, bowled Australia for 199 and then picked up and uh, then chased down the target of 241.2 overs winning by uh, 6 wickets with 52 balls remaining and then they played Afghanistan Delhi a day night game uh, at Darren Jetley Stadium uh, winning that game by 272 uh, so Afghanistan posted a decent total of 272 for 8 India uh, chasing that target, target 273 for two, uh, 35 in 35 overs. They chased it down on the target of 273 and won the game by eight wickets with 90 balls remaining. Right, Sharma was superb with the bat. And then um, um, they played Pakistan at uh, the Narendra Modi Stadium in Gujarat and Ahmedabad, the venue which will be the venue for the final. Uh, they Bold Pakistan of 191. Pakistan collapsed for an epic proportions. They were two for 153, I think. 452, 153. And then uh, Babaz and Mondrezwan were looking good at the crease and looked like they were going to score 300 plus, but then they collapsed badly to be bowled out for 191. And uh, then India chased the other target, finishing 192 for three in 30.3 overs. Going out of um, picking up. They win. They won by seven wickets with um, 117 balls remaining. A very good win for India there. And then against uh, Bangladesh, uh, Pune at the Maharashtra Cricket Association Stadium in Pune, restricted Bangladesh 256 for eight. After Bangladesh got off to a really good start, and then they fell apart and just were uh, dealt with by India. India chased the target of 257 in the 41.3 overs. They finished on 261 for three, winning by seven wickets with 51 balls remaining. Virat Kohli scored a superb 100 there in that game. And then India played New Zealand at the Himachal Pradesh Cricket Association Stadium in Dharamshala. New Zealand batted all right, but uh, collapsed towards the end. Mahmoud Shami really caused the damage towards the end. 273 all out New Zealand, and then... India chasing down the target in 48 overs, finishing on 274 for six. India won the game by four wickets with 12 balls remaining, so probably one of their closest game of the tournament so far. But uh, still winning the game, and uh, not 100% comfortably, but fairly comfortably in the end. Um, then after that game... Came a ruthless Indian team. They played England a week later in uh, at the Aranjetli Stadium in Lucknow. Shri, uh, sorry, the Shri Atal Bihari Vajpayee 
Kona Cricket Stadium. In Lucknow, in the northern state of Uttar Pradesh. And boy, oh boy, did they do the damage or what um, in that game. So they struggled their way to the 229 for 9, I think it was, off their 50 overs. Right, Sharma scored a superb half century in that game. But uh, seeing target 230, England bowled out for 129, India winning by 100 runs. Man of the match. That was Mohammed Shami picking up five wickets again. Then, uh, picking up four wickets, sorry. No, it was, uh, man of the match was right, Sharma for his half century. Then, they played Sri Lanka. Oh my god, did they torture Sri Lanka what at, uh, the Wankade Stadium in Mumbai? Um, batted first, 357 for 8 off their 50 overs. Then Sri Lanka bowled out for 55 and 19.4 overs. India winning that game by a massive 302 runs. Mama Shami picking up a 5 for and half centuries to Shubman, Gil, Virat Kohli, and Shasaya. Superb stuff from those guys. Then in reply, then they play South Africa a week later, or sorry, a couple of days later at, um, uh, the iconic uh, Eden Gardens in Kolkata, and uh, they beat. Uh, they put on 326 for five off their 50 overs. Rod Collis scoring an excellent century and a half century for Shreyasaya, and then in reply, um, five wickets for Jadeja and India bowled South Africa out fairly cheaply for 83 and 27.1 overs, winning the game by 243 runs and sealing their place in the World Cup semi-finals. Then they played Netherlands a, a week later at uh, the M. Chinnaswamy Stadium in Bangalore, in Bangalore, also known as Bangalore, India, posting a, a mammoth total of 410 for four. Netherlands in reply, tried their best, but they were bowled out for 250 in 47.5 overs, winning by 160 runs. And then they played a semi final recently at the Wankade Stadium in Mumbai, day night match semi final. Uh, against New Zealand, uh, posted 397 for four excellent centuries from Shreyasaya and Virat Kohli and a half century from right, uh, from Shubman Gill and an excellent explosive cameo from, uh, Rohit Sharma, which gave India a superb start and put the pressure on New Zealand early on. New Zealand, 327 all out in 48.5 overs. India winning that game by 70 runs and now they're going to play Australia at Ahmedabad in the final in, uh, Gujarat and at the Narendra Modi Stadium in Gujarat, in Ahmedabad. So, yeah, in Gujarat, so that'll be a good game. Then, Australia's run, well, their run's been interesting. Started off with a loss against India at Chennai by uh, six wickets with 52 balls remaining. Remember, elaborating on that, so I'm not going to elaborate again on that game. Then they played South Africa at Lucknow and lost that game. South Africa put on 311 for seven off their 50 overs in Australia. Um... Bowled out for 177 in 40.5 overs. And that was that. South Africa won that game by 134 runs. A convincing win. Australia's World Cup campaign at that stage looked like it was in jeopardy. Then Sri Lanka versus Australia. Sri Lanka uh, at Lucknow. This is the game that turned the tournament around for Australia. Not the most impressive victory, but a good win in the end. Sri Lanka started off well, then collapsed really badly. Bowled out for 209. Then Australia... Chase the other target, uh, finished on 215 for 5 after 34.5 overs, winning by 5 wickets with 88 balls remaining. Then they played Pakistan and absolutely tortured Pakistan. Pakistan did try their best with the bat, but it was just nowhere near winning the game. Uh, Australia, 367 for 9, Mitchell Marsh and David Warner, superb with the bat. Shojo Freedy's 5 wicket haul did keep Australia under wraps. Towards the end, but then Pakistan, despite the best efforts of uh, I think it was Mohammad Rizwan and Abdullah Shafiq. No, it wasn't. There was more Imam Al Haq and Abdullah Shafiq, and then everybody else getting starts. No one really carried on. That was that for them. Uh, they were bought off at three hundred five. Adam Zamba picking up a four week haul in that game. I'm very sure he picked up a four week haul. 
Yeah, he did. Four wickets uh, for Adam Zampa there. And um, yeah, and Australia winning that game by 62 runs, bowling Pakistan out for 305 and 45.3 overs. Australia after Australia set uh, finished on 367 for nine after 50 overs. Then Australia versus the Netherlands uh, at Delhi. Australia posted a massive total of uh, 399 for eight. Glenn Maxwell scoring the fastest hundred in ODI World Cup history. Betty Dan Markram's record, which was set two weeks early against Sri Lanka. So, yeah, that record didn't last long. And then Australia bowled the Netherlands out for 90 in 21 overs, winning the game by 309 runs. Adam Zampa got a four-wicket haul in that game as well. Then... Australia versus New Zealand, mm -hmm. Durham Shala, high scoring thriller. Australia bowled out for 388 in 50 overs. David Warner and uh, Travis Head getting the centuries. And then um, New Zealand in reply, 383 for nine or 50 overs, uh, chasing the target of 389. Uh, chasing 389, they were 383 for nine. Nine off uh, for 50 overs. Australia won the game by five balls. It was the last ball thriller between these two teams. Probably the best team, uh, game of the tournament, you'd have to say. Then uh, Australia played England at uh, Abbottabad, which is the venue for the final. Uh, the Narendra Modi Stadium in Gujarat. Yeah, well, they won that game by 33 rounds. Bit of a grind to get to 286, uh, 286, they were bowled out for 286, and then in reply, bowling went out for 253 in 48.1 overs, winning the game by 33 runs. Then they played Afghanistan, probably one of the best games of the tournament, and probably one of the greatest innings of all time in ODIs. Uh, Afghanistan posed a decent total, a really challenging total on a, a challenging pitch in Mumbai, 291 for 5 off their 50 overs. And then in reply, Australia finished on 293 for 7, 46.5 overs, courtesy of a Glenn Maxwell Masterclass 200. Not out, even though he was having cramps and uh, just could not move towards the end of his innings. Uh, after the halfway stage of his innings, he was absolutely superb. Uh, Australia winning by three wickets with 19 balls remaining. Australia then played Bangladesh at Pune and... Um, Bangladesh posted an OK total of 306 for 8 on that pitch. They should have scored more, but Australia pegged them back towards the end. Then Mitchell Marsh and um, David Warner did their thing. Um, so Steve Wall, so Steve Smith, sorry. Then Mitchell Marsh scored an excellent 100. Finishing, uh, Australia when it finished on 307 for 2 off their 50 overs, winning the game by. Eight wickets with 32 balls remaining. Then the semi-final, just the recent one. Australia, uh, uh, the day-nighter uh, semi-final, which was just completed two days ago uh, on Thursday. Aiden Gardens and Kolkata. Um, South Africa batted first, bowled up for 212. And Australia in reply, 47 for two, uh, uh, finishing on 215 for seven after 47.2 overs. Half century to Travis Head, two wickets for him as well, and also a century for David Millen for South Africa, but yeah, it wasn't enough to get the win. Australia winning by three wickets with, um, yeah, thanks to Travis Head's half century and two wickets, winning the game by uh, three wickets with 16 balls remaining. They're playing India in the final today at the Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad in Gujarat, which will be absolutely brilliant. And just lastly, head to head, these two teams have played each other a few times in World Cups. Uh, overall, they've played in ODI World Cups. They've played each other um, yep. Yeah, so they've played each other uh, thirteen times in ODI World Cups. Australia have won eight of them, and India have won five of them. India won the last two. They won in 2019 in the group stages and won in 2023 in this one in the group stages. India have won three of the last four. They won in 2011 as well at uh, Ahmedabad, which at this very venue, which is now which was called the Matera, the Sardar Patel Stadium in Matera. But um, 
which was called Matera in Ahmedabad, but it just got changed to Narendra Modi, Narendra Modi Stadium in Ahmedabad in Gujarat. So, yeah, at this very venue, India won a pretty good game against Australia in the quarterfinal. They'll be looking to repeat history and win that game as well. Win this game, the final, and win their third ODL World Cup. Australia won five ODL World Cups currently, and, and they'll be looking to win their sixth. Uh, record six ODI World Cup and also um, yeah India who've got two wins two ODI World Cup wins we'll be looking to add a third to their uh, trophy collection third ODI World Cup um, to win that third ODI World Cup Australia's high score in the tournament oh, sorry Australia's high score against India in a World Cup match uh, ODI World Cup match was in three hundred fifty nine. Was three hundred fifty nine against Australia against India in the two thousand three World Cup semi final, half centuries to uh, Matthew Hayden I think it was or Adam Gilchrist and uh, half century to Damian Martin and um, a lovely century from Ricky Ponting one of the all time great ODI World Cup final hundreds, and then um, India's high score three hundred fifty two against Australia was back in the two thousand nine nineteen World Cup. Uh, group game. Yeah, lowest score scored by India was 125. I think that I don't remember when they scored that, but must have been in the 90s or the 80s or something like that. Australia's lowest score against India was 128. So yeah. And yeah, 13 times they've played each other. Eight wins for Australia, five wins for India, and. Uh, yeah, and these are the results they've had. So, yeah. Um, first time these two teams played each other was in the 1983 World Cup where India won that World Cup. India winning their game the first time. Um, so, Australia winning the first game they've played against each other in World Cup history. 162 runs. Then India won their second game, which they had to win. Otherwise, they were knocked out of the tournament. Australia and India, that was a knockout game, basically. But even though that was a league game, it was ultimately a knockout game. Whoever won went through. Whoever lost, pretty much your tournament was over. And Australia won by, so India won that game by 118 runs, and then it knocked Australia out of the tournament and won, ended up winning the World Cup, beating the great West Indies team of the late uh, 70s and 80s, who were two-time defending champions heading to that tournament. Um, so yeah, they beat, uh, they created a bit of history. And after that, Indian cricket never really looked back, and it was just popular, really popular after that. Uh, 1987. World Cup, uh, Australia won by one run. That game by uh, first game by one run and an absolute thriller. And then they India won the next game in that World Cup. Both games were group game matches. Uh, India winning by fifty six runs in that game. Then the nineteen ninety two World Cup, uh, India Australia winning by one run, an absolute thriller for Australia. Then the nineteen ninety six World Cup uh, group game, India Australia winning by sixteen runs. Then 1999 World Cup, Australia winning by 77 runs. Then 2003, Australia won the game by nine, the first game, the league game by nine wickets. Absolutely hammered it. India, they just didn't have an option against them. Jason Gillespie, I think, picked up four or five wickets in that game, then got injured a couple, a game or two after that, and never played the World Cup after that. And Australia then won the final by 125 runs, convincing victory for them. Then India and Australia played each other in the 2011 World Cup quarterfinal. India winning by five wickets. Yuvraj Singh and Suresh Rana guiding the team home. I think Sachin Tendulkar scored a half century and Zaya Khan picked up a couple of wickets in that game. Then 2019 World Cup, uh, 2015 World Cup uh, semi-final. Australia winning that game by 95 runs. Mitchell Johnson picked up a couple of wickets. James Faulkner was pretty good. So was Mitchell Stark uh, with the ball and also... Josh Avery was alright, was okay, not great, I don't think he was that great, but it was alright. Glenn Nash was good in the field in that game. Yeah, Hazard was good in that game as well. And then, uh, yeah, winning by 95 runs, that was Australia's last ever victory over India in a World Cup game, ODI World Cup game. And then 2019 World Cup, uh, India winning by 36 runs against so India winning by 36 runs against Australia. 
the group stage game, and then this World Cup, India winning by six wickets uh, in the group stages against Australia. So yeah, uh, this will be the fit. This will be the fourteenth time these two teams have met in an ODI World Cup. So yeah, India will be looking to get their sixth win over Australia. Australia will be looking to get their ninth win and continue their dominance over India in cricket World Cups. Anyways, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you very much for your time. We really enjoyed reviewing it. Hopefully the final will be a cracker. Anyways, guys, I'm going to do a live stream tonight and also be doing a podcast next week with Oliver, also known as Oli Silvestro, who's a wrestler. So he's a jiu-jitsu star, young 15, 16-year-old. I forgot what his age was, but he is a teenager still. Um, I go to do jiu-jitsu with him and that. I don't do wrestling, don't do jiu-jitsu often, like actually wrestle him, but... Yeah, he's a good young kid. Definitely interview him next week. Also, we'll be interviewing my friend Aaron, who uh, had a few fights as well recently. Uh, we'll recap those. And also, um, also might be able to, if I can, I can probably try and talk to Pavan and also in the sports breakdown and maybe Nishi Prabhu, who, Tanish Prabhu, who also known as Nishi Prabhu on Instagram. Uh talk about some recent uh, events as well in cricket if I can. Anyways, guys, thank you very much for your time. Stay safe wherever you are. Until next time, it's bye for now. We're out of here. Let's go.